Mixed Bag Podcast. Footy, friends, and fun. It's the Mixed Bag Podcast. G'day, Chris. G'day, Harry. How are you, mate? I'm good, bud. How are you? I can't complain. It's episode four. Where else would you want to be? Not doing episode three again. Progression is key. Yes, it is. What's been happening? Not a whole bunch, man. Just doing that uni thing. Got through another assignment. So I traded myself to a few seltzers tonight because we're on that health game. But yeah, I got this really cool shirt as well from um, Good Boy Footy Energies. My man, Brad Hollis. Oh, yes. One of my favorite people that I've never actually had the pleasure of meeting. It's It's a nice baby blue, as you can see. Or I'm going to describe it to those of you who are listening. It's a nice yeah. baby blue with a nice white trim, some pink text. Oh, I think we've got a big episode planned there. Huge, huge we're, episode. We're going everywhere today. Stacked with content. Talking Brownlow. We're talking UFC. UFC, AFL Grand Final. Just talking a, songs that we used to love. Yeah. And just a few other topics that I thought everyone else would like. Yeah. What, what else would you want to listen to? But the nothing, nothing. None of that true crime stuff. Exactly. And we've even got a huge ad today too. Have we got another ad? Yeah, but this one's like real money. Nice. <laughs> so that's all coming later. What yeah. can we expect now, Chris? Go. Well, I thought I'd just start off. I had a little bit of a think on Sunday. Sunday's a good day for thinking. And I decided there's two things in this world that really just shit me. Let's get the negatives out of the way before we just carry on with some Absolute carnage for the rest of the potty. Yes. People that chew with their mouth open, shut Mm. up. Just chew normally. Close your mouth. Don't make these big chewing sounds. You sound like an idiot and you're just doing my Travis head in. I hate people like that, to be fair. My second thing, it's not a huge one. It's just just a little bit irritating. My phone. It's always (laughs) correcting fuck and fucking to duck and ducking. Oh, well, I'm never oh. going to intentionally say ducking hell. Or what Just, the duck? Yeah, what the duck? Uh, get ducked. Oh, get a just, grip and just let duck, me type. Duck a chick. Let <laughs> me type fuck and fucking. Yeah. Jeez. Is that all the negatives we've got today? That's all, that's all the negatives. So take let's take a deep breath. Or... <sighs> there we go. I am the podcast and the podcast is me. Amen. So let's kick off with a little bit of fun. The Brownlow medal was um, Sunday night. Yes, it was. And I did a little bit of looking on the red carpet. Yes. Normally, normally I'm having a quiet suss of the uh, blokes and the missos. But this year I just went, you know what? I think I'll just stick to blokes. I'll jump on the blokes. (laughs) So I've got a few key names. Blokes I thought were looking real schmick. I want to start off with Dane Zorko. He's gone the Chris Bridie from the 2018 Southern Power AFL night. The ankle cut pants with the loafers. Real Ooh. classy kind of operator. And the lovely jacket too. But one can only wonder if he went the cream, the bone, the white, the off-white, the ivory, or the beige. Mm. Luke Parker with his dashing kit from the Brownlow from home. Oh, yes. His jacket, the tie, and the shirt. Accompanied by what one can only assume to be a lovely pair 
of industry beach shorts and Peter Alexander slippers. Oh, he's on the big money. Peter Alexander, maximum comfort, maximum style. Lockie Neal has gone the classic, I've just turned 18 and I'm heading to the races look. Gone the <laughs> Navy uh, with his older brother's brown leather shoes. But I thought it was really cool how he just tucked the laces in because nobody's got time to do shoelaces when you're at the brown low metal. And no tie because why not? I agree. Yeah. Why not? Petrarca was a classic. He just had the grey checkered suit with the triple white Air Force Ones. What, what's your opinion on um, sneakers with a suit? I reckon yes. Just oh, depending playing on the in the shoe. NBA, sure. But oh, actually no. His best friend plays in the NBA. That's true. One of your great mates. Pig. <laughs> nah, look, it depends on the sneaker too. I'm very picky with the sneakers I like. Yeah. So it'd just have to be dependent on that. I reckon he looked quite classy. But I had two that I penciled in for best dressed. Yes. Ben Cousins. Oh, that, that's a good story, him being... He was actually just dressed beautifully. It yeah. was good to see him in a better place, back on the red carpet at the AFL Brownlow, where he belongs and where he once absolutely dominated in the votes. Yeah. And my little friend, Tommy Liberatore. <laughs> he was in some fine form last night. <laughs> the Black Asics runners. Goodness me. Nothing but class there. Yeah, it was good to see Ben Cousins dressed clean and kind of clean. Yeah, too. and he, he looked healthy as well. Yeah. He tried to put some big words together in an interview, which he struggled with, but we'll do that. Yeah, but, but I mean, yeah. when you fried your brain that much with countless amounts of narcotics, yeah. you can only expect to have your vocabulary diminished. Yeah. It's no encyclopedia. No. No dictionary, no thoughts. What were your thoughts with the winner? Ollie Wines on the 36 points, though, Chris Bray. Ollie Quagmire Wines. Come back here, you. Giggity, giggity, crabbity, giggity. Yes, oh, he's got a square head. He's got one Absolute of the best Absolute Rubik's Cube of a noggin. He deserved it, though. Personally, I think Clayton Oliver was robbed. Yeah, yeah he was robbed. I think he robbed a lot of people on sports bet, too. Robbed me of bulk cash. <laughs> but with that haircut, I think he deserves not to get yeah. on back Dane pages. Swan. Made note of that. Dane Swan took over the sports bet Twitter page again for the Brownlow this year. Mm. And he made comment on that. He said, what, are there no barbers open in Western Australia? Who knows? That's a weird country, that one. It's yeah. not in the state anymore. Who else were you surprised with? Jack McRae was absolutely robbed. How oh. do you get 40 plus possessions multiple times and not score a vote? Yeah, he only got, I think, 13 or 16 points. I uh, think it was actually 14. 14. See, yeah. that... He's an elite midfielder, to be fair. Yeah. So you score 40 disposals and kick a goal in a game. You don't get a Bonham. vote from the umpires at all. And Bontem Smelly does fuck all. Yeah. And, and in a umpires winning team. Golden too. Child. And in a win- winning team, too, when you got the likes of, say, Sam Walsh, that had 30 points votes, sorry, and Tom yeah. Mitchell on 25. But then you've also got Jack Steele. And if you're around Ingedine and want to see a naked old man running yeah. around. Watch out for the little shavapi of Josh Preston on shows yeah. and streaks through the streets of Engadine. You'd think it's a little kid mucking around, but no, it's a 45-year-old man running around. So keep your kids locked in. I did enjoy one of Swanee's tweets. Gay Rowan getting more votes in that round than kicks in the entire final series. Yes, that was very true, I reckon. I reckon even nearly Fuck the you, season. Gary Rowan. 
Yeah, fuck you, Gary Rowan. Liam Hamling would be loving this conversation about Gary Rowan right now, I believe, because he's a Gary Rowan hater. <laughs> I think we all are. He's a disgrace to... Oh, I'm not even a redhead anymore, but he's a disgrace to the redhead community. <laughs> yeah, then you also got the mark of the year by Shea Bolton. That was garbage. I'm mm. sorry, but he jumped, took a chess mark, and then decided to go, oh, what a feeling, Toyota afterwards. And he didn't even thank the bloke's head that he jumped on too. No, he couldn't string a sentence together to save his life. Yeah, he'd probably love a free crown beer, to be fair. Ollie Wines winning the Brownlow. It was good to see that he had a skewy and said, fuck no to the champagne. Yeah, that was strong. That was an alpha move, which just proves that he should be the best and fairest. Oh, 100%. Got any more takes from the Brownlow, sir? No, that's about it from me. That's good to hear. So I was having a convo with my mate Pat during the week, and we are just talking about things, and he brought up, if we could go back to school, is there anything we would change? So I thought I'd actually ask you that exact same question. If you could go back to school, is there anything you would change? Ooh, that's a good question. As I'm known as one of the great scholars from Endeavor Sports High School. I don't know. I'd probably listen more in like business studies and that. But saying that, I was in class for half the time because my teacher absolutely hated me guts. Like, Why? Oh, it's just a lovable character I am. She thought I was just a terrible person and making jokes and all that. Like, you know me, I'm just a loving person. Yeah, you just And care. then, yeah, I'd always talk, to be fair. I love a chat. But one day she called um, my parents saying that I, I threatened to kill her one day, which I thought was a bit over the top. That sounds like you. Yeah. She said I stood over her, like I staunched her and said, uh, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that, that's nothing. It's pretty grim. Yeah. And I'm like, I did not say that. <laughs> yeah. Mum laughed at her and hung up the phone. I don't know if we're going to say, I shouldn't say this teacher's name. She always played like red dog in business studies and that. Like, She was not a business teacher. So I'd probably get a new teacher with that. Would have been better if she played red bone by Childish Gambino. That's an absolute what? tune. They like. I'm trying to think what else you'd change about school. Probably not learn Greek as well. Do you do Greek? Yeah, that was our school's language we had to learn. So, like, our school's very multicultural and all that. Can you speak any Greek to me now? (laughs) On the spotty. I can do, like, ABC in the alphabet, I think. Alphabet the Yammer, I think. Yeah, nice. To the Greeks out there, I'm sorry. But, yeah, the Greek language sucked. Like, we had so many nationalities at our school, and we probably had three Greeks in our year. We had to learn that. I just like how they dance around that glass, hey? That's pretty cool. Yeah. To be fair, the only thing I liked about the Greek class was when we got to try the coffee and when she cooked up a mad feed for me. Oh, surely bulks of lucky. Yeah. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. oh it's a Zeke. <laughs> oh, please. Oh, yes. But yeah, I love school, to be fair. Not learning wise, but the amount of people I got to meet it from my loving school that I'm still friends with to this day. It's just great. What about yourself, Chris? So, if you had asked me this exact same question two years ago, probably would have just changed every single person I hung out with. Fuck them. <laughs> but I feel like I've grown and matured. I wouldn't mm. change any part of who I hung around with in my later years of school. I probably would have tried not to impress a bunch of people from like year seven to nine, year seven to 10 or whatever, and like get in with that sort of crew. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't change anything about like the mates I had, whether or not I see them now. I probably only see about 
five people. I went really? to school with. Yeah. Only five? Shit. Five to ten. Two five hands. Ten. Could probably count on both hands, who I say. But yeah, I wasn't overly fussed with that sort of thing, like catching up with blokes when I finished school. Because I had the luxury of having you in my life. Oh, me. <laughs> but outside of that, if I could change anything, I probably would have gone to a co-ed school instead of an all boys. Yeah, that must have sucked because... Yeah, because it really just inhibited my ability to talk to girls. And I felt like I was at a primary school disco until I was like 20. Sometimes you still are seeing you on a night out, to be fair. Yeah, but that's when I haven't had enough vodka Red Bull. Yeah, you need like a thousand skills to get you go. (laughs) The liquid courage, yeah. Liquid courage and hiding behind Marty Lowe. (laughs) Feeding off his crumbs, living off his wing. Captain Marty. (laughs) I honestly, I'd probably... Saying looking at it now to probably focus more on learning to be fair because what I do I love what I do for a job at the moment actually not really seeing people go to uni must suck oh it sucks I hate yeah. uni mm. yeah, I'll take hate take everything uni. back that I just said I'm happy I didn't go well at school because look at me now <laughs> yeah I wish I wasted like so much more time up until like year eleven. I wish I didn't give a shit until year 11 and just use those first like formative years to have bulk fun. Yeah. Instead of being a little nerd loser teacher's pet kid. Yeah. Did you, what was your like formal, like being at a, not like a guy's school? It was actually pretty good because by the time like year 12 rolled around, all of us are at parties all the time anyway. So yeah, plenty of people from the opposing gender there. Ooh. I took someone with me as well. Former so was, lover. Sorry? Former lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't change that either. It makes you who you are. Did you win any uh, awards at your formal or anything or not? We weren't like that. We didn't have awards. But if I could probably have awarded myself anything, it probably would have been most likely to go on to make a podcast. Oh, and look at you now. Look at me now. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> Thanks, Dela. <laughs> I would have said like fig jam or something. I am good. Just ask me. Yeah. But yeah. That was a good question by Patrick, I believe. Shout out, Pat. Good One boy. of the great blokes. Should we get into the, the blast from the past, Chris Brady? I reckon this week's an absolute blast. It is a blast and it's from it, the past. It is from the past. Yeah. We've got some real warm tuna sangers coming at you. Yeah. How about you go first this week, Chris? If I must. Okay. I'm going with a track from potentially one of the greatest albums ever produced. Amen. It's from Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sounds. I could have gone with Sexy Back. I could have gone with What Goes Around Comes Around. I could have gone with Chop Me Up. Could have gone with Love Stoned. But no, I've gone with one that I think is massively underplayed, massively underrated. It is Justin Timberlake's Summer Love. I can't wait to fall in love with you. You can't wait to fall in love with me. This just can't be summer love. You see, this just can't be summer love. Oh, that is a tune. How that delicious is, is it? That is one of the best albums too. Oh, I could listen to it on repeat now. And it was made in like 2006. He's one of the best artists too, I reckon. Voice of an angel. I remember going to Nathan Regan's one morning at like three o'clock 
after an infusion session and we just sat there and watched his whole live concert. That's sick. It, it was mad. I was fucking blind, but geez, what a concert. It took a while to do the concert. It's an absolute banger. I've just it got just has so fond, many songs to pick from. I've just got fond memories of sitting on the lounge, being like eight, nine years old, watching Channel V because I was a Foxtel kid. Mm. And just watching all the music videos and particularly that one. I was just absolutely frothing over it. Well, we did have Dance some um, moves. Ooh, did have some sexual video clips oh, yeah. to mm, not and again just not understanding the physiology behind what was happening and just <laughs> absolutely enjoying it yeah nursing <laughs> oh, get down you little well, what about you h what do you got for us this week playing playstation with one of my mates the other day andrew merriman and he brought up the song black fingernails red wine by eskimo joe Came onto my playlist recently, and saying that also, Black Fingernails, Red Wines, Ollie Wines won the Brownlow last night. Oh, and you wouldn't believe it. Eskimo, Eskimo Joe yeah. are playing at the AFL Grand Final this so, weekend. So this song's just got a lot of energy and connection to this oh, podcast and life. So I'd like to say thank you, Andrew Merriman, for telling me that song to like refresh it into my head. So I'm not even going to need to do a spiritual segment this week because that's just spiritual enough. Yeah, I've just taken over. And it's one of the great songs. Hopefully they play it. Life and Science now run by Harry T. Yeah, just depends. I'll take a back seat. Yeah. Oh, no. That's all yours, mate. Um, mm. Stay yeah. tuned for that later on. If they better play it, though, on Saturday. If not... Ugh. If they don't play From the Sea either, I'm going to be absolutely livid because that is filth. I love yeah. it. And saying that today, my song that I chose, they also played it today on Triple M. So I knew it was a sign to put it on the podcast. So you just hit the first four there. Yeah. Nail on the head. A bang. I've got a nail gun. Bang. Yeah. Dead. All right. Well, I did promise that we had an ad this week, Chris. And we've got a huge ad from our huge friends at Mosh who have jumped on board this episode to help out one of our mates, Tom Jackson. G'day lads, my name's Tom Axon Jackson. I've been struggling with hair loss my whole life, and recently I've been taking mosh pills. They haven't done shit, so it looks like I'm a hat guy for life. That, that is, is one of the really great ads. Yeah, so as you can tell, they obviously don't work. <laughs> so get that up your mosh. Maybe find a limo <laughs> hair growth instead. Yeah, or Ashley Mart, maybe just... Maybe Not just Ashley and Madison though, don't get yourself found out. Yeah, a few people that's been found out on that. <laughs> Speaking of Lemo, hair growth, and Ashley Madison, Shane Warne, what a guy. Oh, Shane Warne, <laughs> one of the greats. <laughs> He's one bloke you'd fucking want to have a beer with and talk on a podcast. Sorry, oh, Shane 100%. Oh. As I crack into another white claw. It's a couple of blokes talking and drinking seltzers. Nothing wrong with that. On a Monday. Mm. Speaking of drinking, Chris Brady, what is your worst experience on a night out? On a night out? Yeah. Like individual performance? Up to you. We've got hours to talk. I've had complaints if it goes over 45 minutes by one bloke. 
He just needs to get a grip. Is it me? <laughs> nah, it's not you. So what's your worst experience on a night out, Chris Brady? I might go with two. They're both individual performances by myself. Some of my mates might say it was in 2021 I went to Byron Bay where I got persecuted for having fun. Some might say it was a couple of nights in Bali across 2019 and 2020. But I'm going with these two. One was when I was in Thailand in 2018. I don't actually know what happened. I was sitting at a bar with this American dude while my cousin was chatting to these chicks that he knew from here. And then all of a sudden, I was walking towards the toilet. And in Thailand, you have to pay to use the toilet in clubs. Really? Yeah, it's super weird. How much? It's like 50 cents Australian, which I can't remember what the conversion dollar is whatever Thai dollars are, Thai dollar sign. <laughs> That's good. I went to this one and he was asking me for this thing and it was like five Australian bucks. And I was like, you are kidding yourself, mate. So I just absolutely stumbled out of this bar across the road to another bar where I knew the toilet price was like 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. Because I was not paying five bucks when I can pay a 10th of that. Walked in, walked past the bar, walked past the dance floor, straight to this toilet. Gave the bloke 50 cents equivalent in Thai dollar sign. <laughs> Went in and just absolutely hurled my guts up into this toilet. Blacked out, passed out next to the toilet. Apparently, my cousin watched me walk across the road. He followed me in there, found me in the bathroom, unconscious, asleep on the toilet, just vomit everywhere. He literally had to carry me out put me in a tuk-tuk and halfway home, apparently I like half fell out of this tuk-tuk and he's like trying to drag me back in. And I'm just like paralytic, <laughs> unconscious, carried me up to this little villa man him was staying and put me to bed. So that was pretty shit. Outside of that, I'm probably going to go with this time myself, Marty and Flynn went to go to Argyle for one of my other cousin's birthdays. We went down to Frank and Blanco in Sutherland a couple of pre-drinks because one of our mates said that he could get us discounted drinks but oh i know that bloke you're talking about (laughs) i obviously fell for that trap that you gave me champion (laughs) anyway so i walked in uh, we were sitting like right on the bar there and it was when i first started making real money so i thought i had like an abundance of cash i was just like (laughs) you want shots you want shots let's all do like bulk tequila shots I was buying like the $50 a nip tequila shots just to like sip, but I just necked it straight away. There was a really cute girl working behind the bar as well. So I thought if I flex with all this coin that I'm spending, she'll want a bar of me. That definitely wasn't the case. (laughs) Anyway, so the owner at the time was just like, he just kept feeding me. Like our mate that worked there was trying to cut me off. And this bloke was like, nah, he's sweet. (laughs) just giving you money and so after that we were like all right let's head towards argyle so we jumped in this uber and i was playing my dj mix that i had out at the time in the uber (laughs) one of the og mixes we've all been there he was absolutely frothing it from what i can remember (laughs) i don't actually remember any of that uber ride at all and then we got like five minutes away and i looked at him and i just went oh you just let me out here eh? i'll meet you boys down there He's like, oh, no, man, we're just around the corner. I was like, trust me, let me out. Anyway, I jumped out of the uh, Uber and, again, just started hurling my guts up. Blacked out, passed out, 
on the step seven office building right next door to Argyle. So I didn't even make it in for my cousin's oh. birthday. <laughs> had Marty and Flynn with me. They literally had to carry me to the train. So they came all the way into the city from the Shire with me. And then we all jumped straight back on the train and headed back home. And I just remember waking up in Marty's room the next morning, just going, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> I was wearing like four shirts. I don't know where I got the other three from, but Marty didn't give me his and Flynn didn't give me his either. So, Wow. Yeah. Outside of that, I tend to uh, believe I'm relatively good on the piss aside from the fact I tend to fall asleep as soon as I get slightly a little bit bored. Yeah, I think everyone gets found out occasionally to be fair. Yeah. What about you, H? Talk Ooh, to me. I've got one that I gate crashed a person's party, my former boss's party, which I thought I kind of got invited to by another mate that was going already from my company. So we played footy all day. It was like the hottest day playing footy. It's probably like 28 degrees. Didn't eat or drink after footy. So you know you're already about to get found out if you don't eat or drink water after footy. I can see how that'd be a dilemma. Yeah. So I rushed straight to, um, we had a a work function that day at Lawn Bowls and I just got to the end of um, open bar. It was unlimited drinks. So I bought six beers for myself as you do in skull. So I knew I was going to have a great time already. And then we decided to move on and head to another establishment in Gaimi, the pub, and decided to have another, well, I'd say up to like 12 plus drinks, like beer, vodka, all what you can imagine. And one of the boys was leaving to go to this party, which I found out was my boss's at the time's daughter's 21st, which I thought would be a hoot. So my mate's like, oh, hop in, go to the party. So I'm like, oh, I have to buy a birthday present for her. So I bought two bottles of vodka, one for me and one for her. So it was a special. Yeah. So I ended up getting there. And at this stage, I thought I was still invited. So I was going to, like, and I'm blind because... I've had nothing to eat all day, had no water, played a game of footy, very out of it. End up getting there and I've got reactions from my boss going, what are you doing here? (laughs) And I was like, oh, old mate said I could come. And he goes, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I think he said it's fine. I don't remember much of this. Yeah, it gets to that point. The party keeps going on. I've had a few great northerns just trying to serve myself out. Um, as you do trying to drive home and then gets the stage where I decide drinking a water bottle, which is just vodka. And the water bottle also says Smirnoff on it and one liter. So I'm drinking the vodka just straight <laughs> like water and starts to rain at this party. So I've need to go for a leak and I've seen it's probably, at, I think 10 o'clock or something, like still early in the night. Oh, so that's how they just started. Yeah, so that's how blind I was. And I saw one of my mates, Mrs. Um, vomiting down below on this ledge. So I've gone to look over to see if she's all right. And saying that, it's pissing down. I've slipped over and fallen off a balcony <laughs> and landed head first. Oh, Christ. <laughs> so there's my night gone. I wake up the next morning, have no recollection where I am and all that. I feel something yanking at me cock. <laughs> Sounds like hangover. Like, oh, just, yeah. It was a catheter. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what the fuck? There was like tape going down my leg and everything just to keep the catheter there. I'm like, where the fuck am I? No one's around me. And this nurse comes out of nowhere. She's like, oh, can you remember this for the end of the day? And I'm like, what's this? She goes, oh, it's a concussion test. I'm like, what? I'm in the head trauma ward at St. George Hospital. I got rushed to hospital. They thought I was going to die and all that. And I was like, it's a bit over the top. 
that whole day went out. An old Indian man pulled the catheter out. We made eye contact. It was love at first sight. Best thing was going to work the next day or in two days time to talk to my boss about the party. I think he said I was good fun for times until the ambulance had to come and pick me up. You think he said you were good fun, but he actually said you're fired? No, get the job. Oh, you beauty. Yeah, well, don't work with him now. Yeah, we've always had a good laugh about it, I think. To this day, that injury still affects me. I always get dizzy spells and uh, can't really feel sometimes in my left hand. So it's good. Can't feel my face when I'm with you. Yeah, bit of weekend. But yeah, I reckon that's my story. It's pretty, pretty fucked. <laughs> Wouldn't wish it on anyone, to be fair. Uh, falling <laughs> off a balcony, just not same fun. It's like It wasn't a balcony, but like it was like a good meter and a half. Like, you know, like in some people's backyards. Oh, they've got that sort of... Like a staircase, yeah. little staircase thing, which is like four to five steps, which could be like a meter. And I've landed straight on my head, which is good. But yeah. hey, look at me now. I'm talking. You're a podcaster. And I'm a pod. See, make a wish comes true. So but we yeah. had some negatives, but I thought I'd bring back a positive that we've shared together. Really? Is this a night out or? Yeah, it's a night out. Is it bad? No, nah, it's good. Oh, good. Good. We have probably had more nights out and more beers together than we've both had warm dinners in our lives. Oh, look at me. I think I've had a few warm dinners. <laughs> All right. So we've had more nights out than more beers together than I've had warm dinners. Yeah, that, that could be fair. Yeah. But I've just got one that sticks in my mind. I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So classic ass, we went to vinyl and we thought at 3am when vinyl closes, we're not done yet. Yeah. So we went to Spear in Sutherland. <laughs> RIP to one of the greatest venues ever. Got our yeah. little night card from the sus bloke sitting on the oh, bench. Can I say that is one of the scariest moments as like, a, I think, how old were we? We were 19. Like 19. To be 19 and get dragged into a dark alley in Sutherland <laughs> by a random huge Polynesian. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he, yeah. he was big. Uh, he was taller than like, I looked up to him, and oh, that was scary. You looked up to him. What do you think I was doing? Oh, you're doing something <laughs> to get in. So we went to Sphere, a dark, deep cave of despair, standing on the podium. You'd brought a little friend with you that you'd found at Vinyl Room that night. <laughs> we got sick of Sphere, and so we decided let's go to 7 Eleven. Not our usual 7-Eleven. It wasn't Guy Mir 7-Eleven. We just went to the local one in Sutherland. It wasn't me. No, it was not. And we get to about where the station is. And you ask this girl to walk ahead a little bit. You've just got to tell me something. And so you just say, hey, bro, when we get in there, can you just buy me some condoms? Oh, fuck. I can't remember this. Eh? <laughs> it's firm in my mind. And so maybe the great friend that I am went in there and put you 12 pack of dotted and ribs and I got myself a golden gay time and you wanted a slurpee and for some reason I was paying for everything <laughs> I fell for the trap again yeah and we come out and we're sitting on the little ledge next to the fuel pumps <laughs> and you go oi Brady, record this so I pull my phone out and you look the camera dead in the eye and you go are you recording and I went yeah and you went I'm Harry Tattersall Took the lid off the cup and absolutely unicorned yourself with this red slurpee, much mm. to this poor girl's dismay, watching you do it. 
some dumb reason she decided that that wasn't a deterrent. She didn't have a plan B. <laughs> We got yeah. back to your house, get to the front door. I'm at the end. You're at the front. She's in the middle. That was the only time that happened that night for those listening. <laughs> and as you, as you open the door, your mum's standing there going, Harry, no, <laughs> not tonight. And you went, it's cool. So we walk in, you pull out this mattress and just say that I can sleep there. And I was stoked about that because I've slept in far worse places in my life. Or so I had thought. Yes, saying that was two, two steps away from my bedroom door. Anyway, yeah. So it was right outside <laughs> your bedroom door. I kicked my shoes off. I'm lying on this bed. About 45 seconds passes. It could have been about five minutes, but it was about 45 seconds in my world. And then all of a sudden, the sound of bed springs and a wet slapping sound. <laughs> As I listen to my great friend, Harry Tattersall, go hammer and tongs. 60 seconds later, it was all done. Oh, that is a lie. Sorry. 30 seconds later, it was all done. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And then uh. that was the first time, yeah, I'd ever stayed at Harry's house. That was one of the best nights we've ever had out together. Saying that, the next morning was the best thing as well. Do you remember the next oh, morning? Oh, I had to drop her home. Yeah, and we're both in the car and her parents are waiting. Like We're up making breakfast and I've tried to do the... Let's go get Maccas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had to drop her home. She lived in like Sylvania or something. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, we should post that video. We should probably blur her face out, but that is one of the great videos. That's a very good story. But um, that was four it was years a bond- ago. It was a bonding experience. Yeah, that's when I knew we are doing a podcast together because I'm like, there's a story. That's all I was thinking of the whole time, the whole 30 seconds I was listening as well. There's something in this too because that was four years ago and this is episode four. Forception. Yeah. Hopefully mum hasn't listened this far for this podcast so far. If she that has. Good. Hey, Danielle. <laughs> yeah. Hi, mum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's get rid of all this negativity. Yeah. And let's go into life and science with Chris Brady. Cue the music. So I was at work during the week and lunchtime rolled around. I thought I'd treat myself this week. So I drove to a Porto, ordered a double Bondi meal with chili sauce, vanilla Coke for the drink. And I got a side of the spicy chicken bowlers as well, you know. They're kind of like nuggets, kind of like what McBites are, if you're unfamiliar with them. Not really a nugget, but like a small sort of roundish, nuggetish ball of deep fried chicken. Anyway, I got it for takeaway and went back to work and I ate it on our brand new rooftop bar. It was a beautiful sunny day. I ate the burger first and had a few chips and I tucked into the bowlers. About halfway through the serving of bowlers, I pulled out this one and just before I ate it, I paused. I stopped and looked at it. It was almost as if two or three had combined at some point and merged to form this mega bowler and it was heart shaped. I put a photo up with the upload post this week just for a bit of reference for you guys. I'm a huge fan of symbolism and believe that everything has a purpose and meaning. So I instantly began some reflection. I took out my phone and logged into my CoStar Astrology app to see if my daily update had anything that would correlate to this. It read, gratitude is a great master sadness which i thought was something to ponder but it didn't really give off a correlating vibe to the symbolic bowler so i did some further thinking the current star sign is virgo and 
I'm an Aquarius. Does that mean my next partner is potentially a Virgo? Virgos and Aquariuses aren't normally compatible, but is my bowler telling me to ignore the rules of the stars? Ignore guidance, ignore faith, and pursue this based on symbolism? Maybe this is a message to all. Don't always follow the rules when it comes to love. Maybe forbidden love is what we all truly desire. Maybe this is your sign to just go for it. If you're out there thinking of someone, if me saying this and you're listening makes you think of a particular person, this is your sign to make a move and just go for it. Or perhaps this chicken bowler incident was just a random moment with no meaning. But I'm going to go for the first option. A porto, spicy chicken bowls. Wow. That was, again, beautiful, Chris. Symbolism is important. I did buy bowlers on Saturday, to be fair. I always wonder about what the actual way to say that is. Is it bowlers? Like it's spelt B-O-L-A-S. Is it bowlers? Bowlers? Well, I always... Bowlers name? Yes. I I keep thinking it's the forgotten the forgotten flu Ebola. Ah. That's been pushed away for a bit here. Dare I say, will that happen to the Wuhan flu? I fucking hope so. (laughs) That was beautiful, Chris. That's the life and science for this week. Mm. What does a Porto stick in your, like, for fast food? Ooh, I reckon it'd be top three. Definitely be top three. Hungry Jack's is number one for me. I hate Hungry Jack ever since my mate stopped working there, giving us free food. I've always just had a soft spot for Hungry Jack's. Burgers are better. <laughs> Porto's definitely up there for me. That being said, it's probably a real close first, just edging out KFC. Mm. Saying that, I don't eat much fast food, but like, you think that could oh, be. Oh, turn it up. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Come on, I've gone like 40 minutes without saying a fat joke. So, yeah, it took you a while. There's bingo again. Bingo. Already said a fat joke. Booyah. <laughs> that was a beautiful segment there, Chris. So, following on from that, should we now chat a little bit about? One of the great days in September. The one we all want to remember. The AFL Grand Final, I believe you're talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, geez, we read each other's minds, don't we? Hunters and collectors, holy grail. What a game it shall be. Dogs, demons, two two Melbourne-based teams teams battling it out. In Perth. (laughs) It just has a ring to it. It's just a shame it's in Perth, to be fair, though. Yeah, the time zone's going to do me. It shall be a great game. I got a little fact for you here, H. I do love a little fact. Both teams will be wearing the same style kit that they wore when they last met in a grand final against each other back in 1954. 1954. 1954. That's a long time. The 1954 grand final and this year's grand final are actually being played on the exact same date as well, the 25th of September. Only 11 grand finals in the whole history of the VFL, AFL competition have been played on this exact date. Wow. Jeez, that's... Wow. Another fun fact for you, if you'd care to indulge my soothing voice. Yes. In 1954, the horse, Rising Fast, did the trifecta. Won the Caulfield Cup, the Cox Plate, and the Melbourne Cup. Really? Speaking of horses, Gay Waterhouse was also born in that year. Wow. You're saying that she's a horse or she trains? Open to interpretation. Yeah. Let's not get into any more controversy. (laughs) Also in 1954... A couple of huge Australian politicians were born, Pauline Hanson and Malcolm Turnbull. <laughs> Two of the greats. Two absolute studs. While we're talking about Pauline Hanson, have you seen the video of her wearing a burqa in the 
Senate. Yeah, that's red hot. You can't do it. Speaking of red hot, she just rang her hair. <laughs> There's another fact. But that's just my, I just wanted to Gary say Gary Rowan, Pauline Hanson, two disgraces to the redhead community. Amen. <laughs> Some less notable names were also born in 1954. Jackie Chan, Denzel Washington, John Travolta. Really? Yeah. Wow. But one person who was born in that year sticks out to me the most. Who's that? The woman who plays Leela on Futurama. Really? Yeah. Where are we? So with all this in mind, I actually think that with this rich sort of history, this is going to have a mad impact on the result of this year's game. Who won that game? Uh, the Doggies. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I reckon history plays a big part in changing outcomes for the future. So I think it's the D's turn. Really? Yeah. How about Rourke Smith, though? What happened? So he's had seven one-year rookie contracts. He's been delisted twice. He's played like 36 games or something in seven years, torn his ACL twice, and now he's playing in a granny. That's a career. That is resilience personified. It's like Alex Johnson, to be fair, too. Yeah. I'd kind of like to think, though, that maybe he's got his cards or palms red, or Mm. maybe it's his life path or destiny path numbers, just like telling him to stay resilient, stay strong. Yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to know his numerology. That'd be pretty cool. Should I ask him? I might just search stuff and calculate it later. Yeah, just for the fans. Who do you reckon uh, some important players are for this game? Oh, you can't look past all the people that polled well in the brown load, to be fair. You got Bontempelli for the Dogs. You got Petrarca. Just a couple of... It's two good midfielders, like midfield groups versus each other. I reckon Cozzy, also- I reckon Cozzy Pickett fences somebody to uh, keep your eyes on. <laughs> Yeah, and the sexy man, Bailey Smith. What about Ben Howe now, Brown Cow? Yeah. I reckon he's, kick, he's kicking at least three, Benny Boy. To be fair, I reckon this could be a grand final class. The way oh. the dogs are playing, I'm going to say dogs are upset. No, I reckon the D's, led by old Gorn Hub. He could be the deciding factor, to be fair, in the game too. What I would like to see, though, when Melbourne win, is like <laughs> when Simon Goodwin goes up to receive his medal. <laughs> Horns, baby. Nah, like <laughs> Luke Beveridge just storming to the stage, kind of like what Kanye did when Taylor Swift <laughs> and he grabs the microphone off Simon Goodwin and he goes, Simon Goodwin can coach, but this medal's for Nathan Jones. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Nathan Jones will be on a Zoom call holding his new babies. Just go, that's for me, kids. Yeah. That'd yeah. be so sick. It'd be a good, good game. I think they've... All got great players. Looking at it, it's probably the two best teams this year too playing, I think, personally, except the Swans. Swans robbed. Swans were robbed. Then North Melbourne were robbed too. North are always robbed. Yeah. North, they had a shit night last night in the Brownlow. But um, <laughs> still polled more votes than Gay Road kicks. How, how are we talking about North Melbourne in the grand final <laughs> discussion? They, they always creep into my mind. Yeah. They live in their rent free. Your lucky scooter. Yeah. Who do you reckon will get the Norm Smith? If Tom Liberatore wins the Norm Smith medal, I'll get a tattoo of a portrait of his face. Wow. If. What about you? So if the dogs win. No, I... regardless of who wins, whoever wins, if Tom Liberatore wins the Norm Smith medal, I will get a tattoo of his face. All right. If Bailey Smith wins Norm Smith, I will get Slim Thick tattooed on my leg. Should really throw a portrait of Bailey Smith on there. Yeah, but... If I'm going liver, it's only fair. All right, let's go Bailey Smith. Or... Norm Smith, Bailey Smith. Connections. Or 
fucking heaps in there. Oh, fuck. That means I'm going to get a tattoo. Yeah, let's go Bailey Smith. Yep, done. But let's if, just take a second though to talk about Bailey Smith. I've never seen so many uninterested females that's never watched a game of yeah. AFL in their life. I reckon in just the mentioning the name Bailey Smith, our female demographic that listens to this <laughs> podcast has just cranked the volume right up. Yeah, Channing Tatum, 23 there is a, Street. <laughs> there is a dead set correlation and a scientific methodology behind the theoretical analysis that female fans, if you were to ask them what AFL is, they wouldn't be able to tell you. But if you were to mention Bailey Smith to them, every single one of them would have an answer. Even some... I might do my research thesis on that. Yeah, even some men. Yeah, he's a good-looking bloke, but... Yeah, he's all right. I reckon he's a walking orgasm, to be honest. (laughs) Oh, jizzed in my pants. (laughs) Aside from his brown low kit, though. I'm trying to remember what he wore. It was so year 12 formal. Oh, yes, Didn't have a belt. It's it. It wasn't tailored. Like, man, I get it. You've been in lockdown, but you're an AFL player. Surely you can just get a tailored suit and just carry it with you. You never know when you need a suit. But it's the look these days, Chris. The kids love it. Remember, we're we're getting old. I'm turning 23 this year. I don't know the trend. So, in general, who are you going to win the Norm Smith? I'll pick a player from each team. Yeah. So, if Melbourne win, obviously, Melbourne player will probably win it and vice versa. So, if Melbourne win, I'd go Clayton Oliver or Maxi Gorn. Right. And then, for the dogs, let's go go McRae. Oh, yeah. Let's give him a medal this week. Yeah, after he was robbed. Or the Bond. You can't go past the Bond because everyone loves him. And who are you tipping to actually win the game? The Dogs? The Dogs. Dogs boy, let's go four points. I'm going to go Melbourne player, Maxi Gorn. Ooh, good choice. Western Bulldogs player, Libba. Libba. Melbourne to win by 14. Wow. So just looking at it now, Maxi Gorn's paid $8 to win the Norm Sniff. Who'd you say uh, for your other one? Tom Liberatore. Yes, you did. Jeez. $17 he's paying. Free money. Bailey Smith, $15 as well. The favourite's Petrarca, who did not poll well yesterday. I reckon it'll be a great game. Banging game. Blokes in blokes. I'm not sure about the, the entertainment, except... Oh, Baker boy. I've oh, oh. got full of that bloke. Yeah. Piss he's, off. He's... Uh, at least we've got Eskimo Joe. I heard they were going to... John Butler's out. there, so that's always a treat for the fans. Oh. Is there the trio or just John Butler? No, nah, just John Butler is a sole oh. individual trader. Yeah, I wish like Tame Impala were going to be there for like, the Western Australia vibe kind of thing. I but, reckon Fisher, that would have been sick. Yeah, he's living the life in Vegas, I think, at the moment. A lucky dog. Jealous. Go dogs. Go days. Let's hope Bailey Smith doesn't win it because... Let's hope Libba wins it. I'd love to have a Libba portrait on me. I, I don't... <laughs> he's probably got a Libba portrait of himself. He's got some rare tattoos. He's probably got kid. a Bridie portrait of him. <laughs> just, just as you do. Yeah. Well, we're talking sports. Should we preview... UFC 266 this weekend, an absolutely stacked card. Oh, it is a mouth-watering card. Even the it's prelims. Delicious. So I've previewed only two of the prelims. First one is Dan Hooker, ranked number eight, versus Nazrat Hakparast. Hooker has lost his last two fights to Poye and Chandler, respectively, which are two absolute killers. He's fighting Nazrat, who's currently unranked, and he's coming off a two-fight win streak. This is the win that Hooker needs to stay relevant in the lightweight division, which is mad stacked. So you've got like Oliveira as the champion, Poirier's in first contender, Gaethje, Dariush, Chandler, Islam Makashev. So it's a massive division. My tip though, I say the fight going the distance and Hooker winning on points. Yes, that's what I've got as well. 
But I reckon Hooker's a bit disrespected here being on the prelim. Yeah, Should, but he's... Yeah, I know. He's got a two and he hasn't got the draw, but... Yeah. Yeah, like he's first two of the top fighters in UFC. Yeah, and true. But I mean, when you fighter. look at the main card, though, you can yeah. kind of understand yeah, so why he's sitting where he is. Yeah. The next fight on the prelim that I'm super enticed by is the bantamweight fight. Marlon Moraes currently sitting at rank number six versus Marab Dwellishvili. Some tongue twisters. <laughs> Goodness me. I'm not good with any non-Anglo-Saxon names. Yeah, these Eastern Europeans. <laughs> I'll get you. Yeah, they do. So Moraes is also coming off a two-fight losing streak to Sanhagen and Rob Font. His last win was against Jose Aldo back in 2019. Dwellish on a six-fight win streak, so he's stacked them up, but they're all via decision. Moraes can strike and gaffle real well, but I'd say Dwellish has the stronger wrestling game, although he doesn't really finish once he's there because it always goes to decision. <laughs> so I'm going to back Moraes to come back and get the win for this one. I'm just going the win bet. I'm not going for Ooh. method. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'll agree with you too, Brody. Just because I can't say the other bloke's name. But I do reckon Marlon will win. because it's a dead set tongue twister. It is a tongue twister. But yeah, he's been an Aldo. Why can't he be? But the main card, Chris Brody. The main card. Kicking off in the women's flyweight. We've got number one ranked Jessica Andrade. Versing number five ranked Cynthia Calvillo. So this is Andrade's third fight at flyweight. She's coming off a loss to the current champion, Valentina Shevchenko. She's previously fought at both strawweight, where she held the title, and bantamweight. She's versatile as. So she's a black belt in BJJ, and she's also got some TKOs to her name. Calvillo is coming off a loss to Drukagian back in November of last year. So she hasn't fought for nearly a year now. All her victories have come via decision or submission. Andrade is a killer. I'm going to go with her via TKO. Yeah, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Andrea just for the win here. Andrage? Yeah, Andrage, sorry. These names get me again. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That division's pretty much just playing runners-up pretty much to... Oh, yeah, Shevchenko's a killer. Who is later on in this card, but yeah, this is for a participation award, I reckon. Put it on the fridge, Mum. Then we go to the heavyweights. A couple oh. of big boys having a bang. My Who's division, there? baby. The Harry Tartasold... Memorial Division. You got Curtis Razor Blades versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Blades is coming off a loss to the former interim champion contender Derek Lewis back in Feb. Rosenstrike's coming off a win, but prior to that, he lost to the now interim champion Cyril Garn. Both up there in the contendership picture. Both a couple of big names. I love this division personally. I love the heavyweights. I love just watching big blokes just rip and tear. That's why I like watching Harry on the piss. <laughs> uh, this fight's definitely just not going to go the distance, but hey. Nah. So I'm going to go with the favorite, Curtis Blades, to come back and TKO. If I had to put a round to it, I'd probably go the second. Yeah, I'm going to go Razor Blades as well. Yeah, I'm going to go first round knockout, though. Ooh. But yeah, I just love big men hitting each other. It's special. Yeah. And here's now probably the fight that I'm most excited for. This, oh, yeah. So it's not the main events or anything. It's Nick Diaz making his return against Robbie Lawler at welterweight. So these two fought at UFC 47 back in 2004. Put that in perspective, me and you were both six at the time. Yeah. What number is it now, too, for UFC? 266. Fucking hell. (laughs) So a little while ago, Nick got the TKO victory in that first fight. 
since then they've both gone on to do crazy things. Lawler held the title. Diaz fought GSP and BJ Penn. Diaz hasn't fought, though, since 2015 at UFC 183 against Anderson Silva, but he hasn't stopped training. Like, he trains blokes. He trains his brother. Yeah, him and his brother, Nate, they just do triathlons for fun. So when Nate's not fighting either, they're literally Mm. just being cardio weapons. Lawler, on the other hand, has just not stopped fighting. However, he's on a four-fight losing streak. His last win came against Cowboy Donald Cerrone back in 2017. He had a questionable loss against Funky Ben Askren. Oh, that was a dodgy one. Back in 2019. I question whether Lawler's still got it, hey. I don't think he's got that killer instinct anymore. He's just lost it with time. Both Nick and Robbie have been doing it for a long, long time, though. So their records aren't crazy. Like, they're not super crash hot. Diaz's is 26 wins, nine losses. Lawler's is 28 and 15. So they're both still in the green, but it's not gold standard. I don't see it going any different this time around. I'm going Diaz by TKO with the possibility of Robbie Lawler retiring after the fight. We're putting the gloves down on the on the on the canvas. Yeah. I know I said Lawler before, but after hearing your wise words then, Chris Brady, I'm gonna go Diaz round four submission. Ooh. Yeah. Or a draw. Load up. Yeah. Load, load up, up on, on the, the draw. draw. We're going submission. Round four. Now up to the co-main. Is the women's flyweight title, Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy. Valentina's just an unstoppable force. (laughs) Her only two UFC losses are against probably the greatest female combat sports athlete of all time, Amanda Nunes. Murphy's on a four-fight win streak, but Shevchenko's just too good. Like her relentless knockout power is just going to absolutely do her. I'm going Shevchenko, take her round two. Yeah, well, Lauren Murphy's probably got the toughest name to pronounce in this card. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tongue twister, that one. It got but, me. But yeah, I'm going Valentina Shevchenko. Let's get naughty again. Let's go KO round one. Whoa, big. Yeah, not putting any money on it, but KO round one. Bruce Buffer. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Australia's Alexander Volkanovsky is defending his title against Brian T. City Ortega. They recently coached against each other in the return of the ultimate fighter. So there's a little bit of animosity between them. The fight was initially scheduled to happen back at UFC 260, but Volk tested positive for the Kong flu. So it got delayed. It's happening now. Alex is on a whopping 19 fight win streak. It's insane. His last two wins against probably one of the greatest featherweights of all time, Max Holloway. The second is kind of debated, though. Could have gone either way. Ortega's only lost once as well, and that was against Holloway in an absolute fucking mauling. Yeah. So I hope this is going to be an absolute war. They're both unreal fighters. Folks' wrestling ability and striking, Ortega's submission skills. It's pretty much just a recipe for a Sunday Arvo treat, to be honest. I'm going to follow our boy Volkanovski for the win and still. I'm not going to pick method, not going to pick round. I'm just going win. Where are we? I am going to go the Volk by points. $2.37, which I think there's a bit of money in that. So $2.37 for every dollar, to be precise. That is correct. But yeah, that is a hectic card. That's huge, hey? I, I'm keen to put money in to watch it. That's yeah. okay. I'll definitely be clocking in the main event and grabbing it. 100%. 100%. That was very 
lovely detailed analysis. There, I kind of find it funny though. So I just want to talk about Vol- Volkanovski for a real sec. Yeah. When they cut his promos, they're like, he left a career in rugby league to pursue MMA. Like he was not playing in the NRL. He was not playing like proper professional rugby league. He was playing for like Warilla down in the Wollongong comp. Yeah. Well, it's like us going to play, saying yeah. that we're, we're going to make it. Yeah, it's like if I was to make it in the MMA world, it's like me saying I left a promising AFL career to go and pursue my MMA dreams. Yeah. Volk's super nice, though, as an individual person, Alex Volkanovsky. Oh, you've met him, haven't you? Yeah, he's so nice. Just the most humble dude, eh? Yeah, he's definitely a bloke you'd uh, have a beer with, I think. I'd have him on the podcast. I think it would take anyone to be on the podcast. (laughs) So there's rumors going around you're about to bring in your own segment as well. Yeah, I just think everyone needs it. It's uh, it's called Harry's Life Advice. It's where I, I give three bits of advice to guys and girls or just directed to guys or directed to girls. My first bit of advice is just always walk on the left-hand side of the footpath. I think everyone has to agree with that, Chris. Yep, would you no, agree with that? I hate it when people walk on the right-hand side. Yeah. It's uh, that's definitely one for guys and girls, I believe. The next one, next two is just directed to guys only. Sorry, girls out there. Never piss into the wind. Number one, ruins your clothes. Being there, done that, especially when you're wearing gray pants or like chinos or that. And just for this last one, this one's from a tradies. Never put your fingers where you would not put your dick. I think that just goes out to most tradies out there. People doing a bit of DIY stuff on the on the weekend. What about thumbs? Yeah, well, I wish I started this podcast a lot earlier because there's our mate out there who's had a, a terrible, terrible story. It ruined his career in um, walking. It's our mate, Sean Fitzsimons. He cut his thumb and it fell off, which somehow ruined his career in walking. That's right. He was going to be the next best Olympic walker from Australia. And him cutting his thumb all over Red Rover. Yeah, he cut his thumb and he couldn't walk for a bit, which I found very sad. But now he's playing AFL. But I would just wish I could give him that advice a lot earlier. It's good to see he's back playing AFL, though. What an absolute story. Never put your fingers where you wouldn't put your dick. So that's that's my segment. I reckon... That's a good segment, mate. I reckon people learnt something good there. job. Yeah, thank you. That wraps up another episode, I reckon. Just one more thing before we do Ooh. the outro. I know it's coming out on Wednesday, but the captain of our Degenerates football team, Marty Lowe, the captain's birthday today. So I'd just like to say a happy birthday. Happy birthday to the captain and to one of the all-time greatest blokes out there. Him Lowe. That was uh, episode four for everyone. We've got a big episode next weekend. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. I'm Harry Tattersall. I'm Mark Fergus. (laughs) And hit the outro, Jack. (laughs) 